Welcome to Ahad Exit. I'm Aram Chavez here with Michael Zayas. We are talking about the lifestyle and the pains of being an entrepreneur, a venture capitalist, and an investor. And we're here to talk to you about the sacrifices and the rewards of taking your aha moment, your dream, all the way to Exodus. I'm Aaron Chavez, and now... Yeah, so we talked about the Chavez's six core functions of the business. I kind of like it. It's important that we know what we're funding into. Again, we're wearing the CFO hat in these sessions, and... What I want to talk to you about it, and I'm I'm not uh, there. There's 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 a bad word that I a word that I think is bad. It's not a bad word. I'm not going to say a bad word, um, but I don't like the word, and I think everybody should know this. I don't like the word profit, and and I'm not a communist. I I just know, and many of the people in the audience understand that profits can be engineered, and Wall Street loves profits, but we've seen. We've seen what profits can do, and you can. Go, by the way, you can go out of business being profitable. If you if if the audience has ever had any questions, you can absolutely go out of business being profitable. The term that I prefer is cash flow. So let's just say that I sold you ten thousand dollars worth of gnomes, Michael, and I gave you thirty days. You know the the accounting side of this is going to say, well. I sold Michael ten thousand dollars worth of gnomes, and I have uh, a five thousand dollar cost into it. So I've got a hundred percent profit margin, right? And and the accountant's going to say, "Great, you, you're you're profitable." And I'm going to say, "Okay, this is this is cool. I want to uh, expand. I want to create another gnome. I want to uh, I want to hire a couple more people. I want to put some more money into guerrilla marketing or sales, and and the accountant's going to say she's going to say, "Well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait. you you can't you can't do that yet because the cash hasn't come in." So although I'm profitable, I'm not cash flow positive, and so if Michael never pays me, then. I'm going to go out of business, but I'm profitable going out of business, right? And this is what caused the black swan of 2008. And for the audience that doesn't know what a black swan is, I'll, I'll explain it briefly. A black swan is a metaphor for a very rare catastrophic financial crisis. And this financial crisis is called the black swan because when the English were were circumnavigating the world, they ran into Australia, and it was a known fact in Europe that the only swans that existed were white. And they ran into Australia, and lo and behold, they had the exact same species, just black. And in its rarity, in, in seeing a black swan, and in the rarity of, of a black swan here in the United States, of a catastrophic financial crisis, we use that metaphor. And so... How is this relevant to profits? Well, in 2008, October of 2008, if you recall, the United States went through a black swan, which is really like a 100-year flood. And the last black swan is not to be confused with the recession. The last black swan was in 1929. We've had lots of recessions since then. And, and it was precipitated by banks 
chasing after profits. So they were giving loans to ninjas, no income, no job applicant, right? That's a ninja because they were getting origination fees and closing costs and all the things that, 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 uh, they make money off of when you, when you loan you, you, you money for a house. And then interest rates started moving up a little bit and these ninjas stopped making their payment. But guess what? When they, when the numbers came out for wall street, the profits were there. But if you looked at the balance sheet, the cash wasn't, the cash wasn't there. The, the, the borrowers were not paying their mortgage. And so all of those assets were really liabilities and that precipitated the black swan of 2008. So the point being that I prefer the word, the words cash flow over profit. And, and maybe I'm splitting hairs, but when I'm looking at a company, I want to see, and this is what, this is what the market is looking for today. The, the market is, is not willing to pay for sales. They're willing to pay for cash flow. And so most people are familiar with the term EBITDA, right? Earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization. And, and even EBITDA, and Michael, I'd like you to explain a little bit the difference between EBITDA and cash flow, if you can. Even EBITDA, people, people I, I think, look at EBITDA as cash flow and Again, maybe we're splitting hairs, Michael, but but they're not quite the exact same thing. Yeah, and and I would mention that there's a company that we're working with that um, was in the process of going public and had all their ducks in a row and decided not to take on VC capital, but t- took on a, a number of round of investor capital. And what sold was contractual revenue and top line revenue. And it was sort of, up until recently, everything was sort of grow at all costs, and people just wanted to see mm-hmm. what yep. what growth and revenue and market capitalization look like. Um, and then all of a sudden, maybe six months ago or so, yeah, the bre- eight, eight nine months ago, the right. brakes were put on, and now everyone was like, "Wait a second, what's your EBITDA? We want to <laughs> make sure that you're EBITDA positive." So, so this company had to stop its strategy of chasing after sales. And and actually probably good because they have way more sales than they can yep. can uh, service, but then they had to really focus on operations and how to dial everything in to get profitable. And Aaron made the point about EBITDA. So the reason people look at EBITDA is it's sort of a level playing field because you could swap out owners or equity in a business, and maybe they would take on more or less debt or leverage, like we talked about in a couple sessions back and everything that they're responsible with operations and expenses and revenue would kind of even out. So maybe I, uh, we have a company that has a thousand dollars in revenue and I decided to get a $200 loan so that I could get that thousand dollars in revenue. But if Aram was managing that company, um, it still has the thousand dollars revenue still has the same expenses, but maybe he, was able to do it on $100. And so somebody looks at my company to buy it, our EBITDAs would be the same, but our cash flow would be different because I'd have less cash after I paid my $200 loan and he'd have more because he only took on 100. Oh, that's a great it's a great example. And so even though we have 
the the same revenue and but the valuation would be different because Michael has more debt well, on the book. And on paper, the valuation might be similar if you're just doing it as an EBITDA multiple, yeah. which is sort of the quick back a napkin way of valuing a company that a lot of people do. But I think what we can get into in future sessions as well is looking at cash flow mm-hmm. and and then discounting, getting discounts if there's different debt. Yep. Uh, and, you know, with loans, there's a bunch of different ways that you can um, that you can approach them. You can assume somebody's debt if it's a good loan. You can recapitalize it, get new money in and, and get it out if it's a bad loan. Um, you can pay it off with cash and then there's just less cash. And, and so that would change the, the valuation. But there's a lot of different ways that um, you can approach it. But let's just say if it was just, if the company was just valued off of an EBITDA multiple, maybe this industry, that company was worth five times EBITDA, then our companies would basically be the same. Even though if you bought Arams, at the end of the day, you'd have more cash to put in your pocket. Yeah. And it, and so it comes down to risk, right? De-risking the investor and how the market's going to look at your enterprise. And so let's just recap here. I prefer cash flow over profit. And people want to see line of sight to EBITDA. And they want to, the, and, and the difference, another difference that I wanted to bring up is that cash flow usually comes after EBITDA also, right? So you may be EBITDA positive today, but the cash coming in to pay those bills might be a month or two or or three out, depending on the terms. So you could be EBITDA positive, uh, but not necessarily cash flow positive just yet either. But but EBITDA is is the EBITDA is the term to it used to be, I remember in the early 2000s and I guess I'm aging myself but it it was ROI everything was ROI ROI this what's the ROI on that I don't want to do it unless there's not a positive ROI and that just wasn't enough and so now it's EBITDA and and, and an EBITDA is also basically net operating income but sometimes there's a difference between yes yeah the and, NOI and the and EBITDA it did it, it, it yeah uh, or no pat net operating profits after taxes. And I mean, there's all sorts of, it, there's a, there's a, this is what the problem I see with the income statement is. And that's why I always look at the balance sheet. So if you were to look at a company, the income statement again, can be engineered so that you see profits. Okay. And people think, Oh, it's profitable. Again, you can go out of business being profitable. So you have to look at the balance sheet and you have to see how much cash is on the books, right? Because that's going to tell you if the company is going to go, uh, you know, become a, an ongoing enterprise or not, right? An ongoing concern. So it's very important that we make the distinction between cash flow and profits. Uh, and if you could, um, last session, you talked about the six core functions of a business being strategy, Marketing, operations, finance, service, uh, service, and R and D. R and D, and you said two of them were more important than the yeah, rest of them. What was I the, didn't give you them. Yeah. What, so what were they? I don't want to tell you guys. <laughs> no, no, no. It's it's R and D and sales. 
again, sales without, without sales, you don't have an organization. So you can strategize all you want, but you don't have any organization without sales. And some of the, it's funny. I had a professor one time tell me that his students came into his class and they were taught and he was an operational professor, Six Sigma, lean, everything. And Kaizen, I mean, all the, all the really fun stuff. Well, depending. And he, and, uh, we're in a faculty meeting and he came, he came up to me in front of everybody and said, I hear that you say that operations is not the most important function of a business. And I, and he went on for like five minutes and I think this and this, and this is what operations does in this. And so when he was done, I said, it's sales. And then he went on and on again. And, 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 and then when he stopped, I said, without sales, you don't have operations. There's no lifeblood. And he, and he stood there and looked at me and then everybody, and I'm like, boy, you know, it just, you gotta, <laughs> he was very proud of what he did, but, but it was, it was, uh, I, I was almost a little embarrassed because I, I didn't really want to embarrass him, but, but, uh, he, he looked like his, his top was about to blow and he just stormed off. Um, but, op, uh, you know, operations again, it's the heart and soul of business, but R and D and sales are the two most important functions of a business. You got to stay relevant. So if you listened to last week and you wanted to know the answer, here it is. Sales and R&D. Sales and R&D. You got the bonus for listening all the way through. <laughs> and, and cash flow over profit. And with that, now we're cooking with gas. That's all for today's show. If you enjoyed what you heard, check out our other episodes. You can also find me, Michael Zayas, or Aram Chavez on LinkedIn.com. Go to ahataexit.com for more information about some of the topics we're talking on. And you can follow our company, BMC Capital Management or Blue Morphos at bluemorphos.com.